0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, fantasy fans from around the world, now introducing your fantasy football podcast with your hosts, Chris and Brian. It's
1: time for Fantasy Football! <laughs> hey fantasy football fans, this is your fantasy football podcast with your host, Chris Fishbag Barnett
0: and this is brian the moose murray and we
1: are back a lot has changed since the last time we tried to do a recording oh, we are both now stateside man. and happy to be back and um i i spawned a uh a, a son and um uh, so things are things are a lot different for the both of us right now but we're coming
0: s- to america yeah. we're back oh, yeah. baby
1: But, uh, you know, we're still going to do it. And we're going to supply you your fantasy football insight from uh, two of the best at the game. And um, so, Brian, uh, why don't we kick it off with sharing a little bit about our drafts. Um, I know that we're both in several leagues this year and uh, are either happy or sad about drafts. You seem pretty pretty confident overall I about your drafts. I am stoked
0: about my drafts. However, Chris, I, I believe we did a draft the other day, an auction draft, and... Uh, you kind of fell radio silent there for a minute. Exactly what was going on. You were yeah, talking about so a spawn Adventures of, uh... of
1: New Fatherhood, um, I was actually trying to multitask and was finishing a auction draft on a phone in a parking lot of a grocery store when my son decided that he needed to make a poo-poo. And... Uh, nice. So I ended up having to bid on the later round guys while changing a diaper and that
0: thank you jacob i actually a got a couple players level. out of that that i, I yeah, wanted I, that chris could not bit me up on.
1: on on a few guys luckily it was pretty late in the draft and so people were like auctioning off the kickers and defenses and flyers and stuff like that so it wasn't too bad but definitely a first for me um you know i'm surprised we're honestly still doing this podcast yeah but you gotta
0: admit you gotta admit the later rounds are where the keepers are made. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. And uh, the way our league is set up, well, it's, you know, in two each zone. Anyways, boom. Yes, just like you said, we're in several leagues together. I'm doing five leagues personally this year. I don't know how many you're in, but I got to be honest with you. I am stoked this year. I feel like this is one of my best years drafting in quite some time. Of course, I felt like that a couple of years ago and I did absolutely nothing. But. What I'm talking about being stoked is there are several guys that I'm keyed in on for the season that I'm going after, and I want to go ahead and talk about that. Um, I want to start at the running back position. For me, one of the key players to this season is Dalvin Cook. Here's why. Dalvin Cook unfortunately went down with a torn ACL his rookie season after, what, the fourth or fifth game? He looked like the real deal first going in. Last season, he was never fully healthy coming in to, you know, coming to start the season. And ACL is not exactly a one year rehabilitation time. And ACL is still takes a little bit of time after that. Guess what happened? Come weeks 11, weeks 12, Minnesota started finding, you know, finally, uh, they let him loose a little bit, so to speak. And Dalvin Cook was a top 10 fantasy running back with limited snaps, limited touches. And I look at him being healthier this year. I look at what he did in the preseason. I believe it was against Atlanta, and he, he just tore took eighty five. Yeah, dude, it was just. <laughs> I looked at that. I was like, "That's it. My decision's clear." And I'm upset because in our keeper league, I could have kept him for a lot cheaper than what I got him for. Because I, you know, people like to bid me up because I like to do the same thing in return. And people know when I'm going after a player, they're going to try and bid me up. But this year, my 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 workhorse is going to be Dalvin Cook. Look, he doesn't really have anybody behind him except a rookie in Madison, which if you own Dalvin Cook, you need to own Madison, right? Great handcuff. Just because it's a great handcuff. Um, Madison is a great talent, but at the same time, Dalvin Cook is Dalvin Cook. If he could produce the way he started out his rookie season and then some. I look at him being comparable to Alvin Kamara. They're the same type of running backs when you look at them. They're more of a pass catcher than they are a runner, but they create that run, they create that space, they create those extra yards just because of how fast they are and the kind of moves that they make. So for me, the guy I actually own in three of my four leagues is Dalvin Cook. I have to have him. If he stays healthy, he's going to be a difference maker. He's a guy that you're going to get at the bottom of the first, beginning of the second round. Um, He's a guy who's, you know, you don't just have to um, just make a dive for, but if you do, you should have good feeling behind it, you know? Yeah. he, He has a lot of upside. He's got a very high ceiling with his low floor being the injury risk. So that's something you got to watch. It's something you have to, you know, attest for or, or be ready for And the fact that you need to prepare yourself. Um, you know, at the running back position, for me, my biggest, my biggest risk-reward player this year, I guess, so to speak, would be Dalvin Cook. And if he stays healthy the entire season, if you have Dalvin Cook on your roster, you have a very good chance of getting far because he is a 20-point player per game.
1: And he's made a full recovery. I mean, you saw him in the preseason. Exactly, he, he looked like lightning. I mean, he he looked absolutely really phenomenal. Um, I unfortunately don't have any shares with him. I just couldn't snag him. I got really unlucky this year with my draft uh, order uh, placement, and uh, just couldn't couldn't get him. I was either uh, you know very early in the draft everywhere, or I was one of the later picks, and I just missed him. Um, because he was going like middle of the first round. Um, you know, if, uh, if like the, the league is on top of it, the, the end of the first round if it's like a home league and somebody let him slip and, uh, that's deserve it. I mean, he's, he's an excellent running back and, but you're right though. You have to handcuff him because health is a huge concern. He's, he's not been able to stay on the field. Um, some of the later round guys that, um, that I got lucky with, I got James Connor late everywhere. Uh, people let him slide to late? Uh, well, late first round. Um, I meant to say. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Yeah, we're talking about like first round, first round talent. Um, you know, I, I feel really good about Connor's outlook. Uh, the Steelers haven't really changed much from last year. Um, it's still the the Ben Roethlisberger show. That line is still pretty solid, and I think I think Connor has a. Uh, a good year, but also with him, you saw him kind of wear down at the end of the year. You have to handcuff Connor too with Jalen Samuels, who apparently, um, according to beat reporters, is looking phenomenal as a pass catcher out of the backfield. So I don't even know if James Connor's is going to be a three-down back this year. Pittsburgh uh, historically have gone with one guy, so I mean we'll see. Yeah. We'll see how Samuels works into the game flow. I think he'll probably spell James. Uh, from time to time, and they'll use him situationally on third down. But I, I really do think it's going to be the Connor show uh, in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, but you know the the first round running backs was kind of self explanatory, minus the holdouts, right? I well,
0: I want I want to talk about a running back that I found very. It, you know, of course, this is Yahoo rankings versus ESPN versus every site has their own kind of rankings. We all have our own rankings. But a guy who kind of fell really below the line, to me, that I think has probably one of the biggest returns versus his round value is Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette, it's another health issue, has not been healthy his entire career. I mean, he's only played two seasons, but he has not made a full season, either one. He's known to be uh, an injury risk throughout his college career, NFL career, But this guy is built. This guy is a workhorse. He's a couple years older now. I think maybe finally if he gets into a healthy situation with the new quarterback situation, their whole new offense situation, Leonard Fournette could be a 1,200, 1,300-yard back hands down. And I think for somebody who was ranked like 37 or 38 in Yahoo, which is a third, fourth-round pick, that's hell of value.
1: It's great value. value. I mean, they got rid of Yeldon. Um, they so got rid of Yeldon, man. <laughs> it's, for, it's Fournette's nets backfield. I mean, you yeah. know, it's it's gonna be his show. And they might even throw him the ball, you know. So I think that that's a really solid pick. Um, you know, a player that slipped that probably shouldn't have this year because of a, an injury-riddled season last year and some off-field stuff. Um, another running back that slipped way late that I'm super pumped about is Matt Breda. I mean, that guy, he looks fire. And if you're following I do not understand f- that. I don't... I, well, it's because, you know, Thompson is... Not Thompson. Um, they brought over the guy from the Falcons. Um,
0: well, they, Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman. They brought over Tevin Coleman, and Tevin Coleman has a dummy thing this preseason. I know. And, I always thought Breda was a, it actually a pretty decent running back. You know, I'm with you. But from the more I read into it, is that they're like, okay, maybe he's going to be that guy for the first few games. And they have this other cat called, was it James Hurd? Or um, who, who? There's another running back from San Francisco that they're looking at right now going, well, he's actually a little bit better. And even though Tevin Coleman has better skill or is supposedly have a better skill set than Breda Breda has looked more explosive but right now we're talking we're talking Breda versus Coleman and then we got this other guy waiting in the wings Coleman is a year older and Coleman actually didn't look very good last year at Atlanta and he's coming back to a Shanahan offense or a Kyle Shanahan offense and So what it tells me is that there is something that's going to have to happen or that's going to happen with this offense. And basically, Breda, for me, looks to be the biggest benefactor.
1: He's a pass-catching back. And he looks good.
0: He's an explosive running back. Hey, why try and mess with it? You know, but that's the thing with football. These guys mess up one time and then all of a sudden they bring in the guy that they signed for more money for, even though they're a year older and they're fucking, you know, half a step slower. So this is the way so, I look
1: at it. I mean, Breda has been listed as the one a on the unofficial depth chart. And that, right. that came out just a couple days ago. And th- To me, I believe those unofficial depth charts. I know it's still early and it's still technically preseason and whatnot. And like, yeah, there's veteran deference, but they didn't give the veteran the difference here. Like they put Breda as the 1A. And I think he's going to be the 1A. I mean, he looked amazing and he's the fastest guy on the team in the running back squad, like for sure. Right. Um, so I, I picked him up wherever I could in like the seventh and eighth round. And I, I think he's going to be an RB two right out of the gate and he might just take control of that backfield. He might just, you know, make it impossible for the well, coach. If he
0: takes control of that backfield, then he has a chance to be an RB ten, like top 10. Yeah. Just because San Francisco doesn't have a whole lot to offer in the wide receiver. end, you know, from what I'm reading, even with Dante Pettis, the guy, there's not a huge name right now in San Francisco that's catching the ball except for their tight end. You know, when your tight end's leading your team as a receiver, uh, that either says something about your offense or your tight end's got to be that damn good. Hitting, you know, and don't get me wrong, Kittle's great. He's a great tight end, but they don't have a Julio Jones, they don't have an Antonio Brown, Odell, or, or, or DeAndre Hopkins. They don't have that guy who can stretch the field consistently. Therefore, I I think you're right with Breda. Breda is gonna Breda's has a chance right now to make or break himself this year. This is a guy who could come in, take hold of that position, and make a name for himself. And be a an all star. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I mean and get paid.
1: Yeah. I mean that <laughs> that team is kind of wide open right now. I, I don't know what to think about Garoppolo. I mean, he looked kind of shaky in the preseason. You know either. what I mean? He was throwing yeah. ducks all over the field.
0: I um, mean, that's, a, that's the whole other thing. He, what, he went down with a torn ACL last year, right? Week one, done, done, donezo. Is he truly ready to come back? Is he truly ready to – granted, he's not going to be running and, you know, juking like, you know, like the running backs or the wide receivers do, but you still have to have that leg to plant to throw those Rockets.
1: I think physically he's okay. I think mentally maybe he's still living in that world of rehab where he's doesn't trust his knee, he doesn't you know, he's a little afraid because he's he's not he doesn't seem as confident in the pocket making those amazing passes that we saw when he was fresh out of the gate from the Patriots and he was just fire. Like I don't see that yeah. I didn't see that fire on the field. I mean he he look his wide receivers aren't great I mean he, he has Pettis who is who, who has some potential but is yet to prove that he has what it takes to be a wide receiver one in the league he's got Goodwin who's a burner but can't stay healthy right and then he has nope. one of the better tight ends in the league and so you know like you said that's not a lot to throw at and I think the running backs are going to have to make up for that and if Matt can take that role I think you're going to have, especially in PPR, a very valuable asset.
0: No, and actually, I'm I'm a little upset with myself that I didn't dig a little deeper and go after him because he was a guy I was looking at, but he was one I was wavering on. You know what I'm saying? Like it was like ah, where should I go? Should I go? It's like I'm I'm already I already have my two starters or my three starters at running back. He is like right now, he's being drafted as a running back four or five in most leagues. He at that position, he has the biggest upside than than when I see other running backs being drafted that low. There's nobody else being drafted that low. I mean, you have guys like Kareem Hunt, who's gonna be out for half the season. You got guys like Edo Smith, who's probably not gonna see much of the field behind Freeman. You got guys, you know, in, in other position or in other teams that are being drafted higher than Breda and you know just like you were saying i i I think he has more value he has more um he he's basically has a he has a bigger outcome potential outcome a higher ceiling than most that are being drafted at his same you know in the same position so yeah for sure i don't know those later rounds i'm a little upset yeah those later rounds make or break your team. You know, and you can you can go
1: out and trade for him right now. Like, the word is not out on on Breda yet, and it will be after week one. So make those moves if you can. Um, uh, so let's talk about players that we're kind of sitting on the fence on because there's a lot of them. One of them, for me, we'll go to the wide receivers, Will Fuller. Do you think he comes back as, as Will Fuller? Like
0: See, that's that's the other thing is – Houston now just signed Kenny Stills, right? They have DeAndre Hopkins. Will Fuller is another injury risk. But he has by far more potential, more talent than I believe Kenny Stills does. Can he reclaim that number two position? Definitely. Will he? Possibly. Can he stay healthy? I don't know. So the the again we go back to the factor of is this guy going to stay healthy? Is this guy going to be an asset to my team, or is he going to be basically a worthless draft pick?
1: Let me ask because you this: because I then. did the
0: same thing last year, I I drafted him a couple of times, knowing that the guy was on the IR, knowing that he was recovering, but hoping that he would come back. And then all of a sudden, what you know, he he gets hurt again.
1: If he does stay healthy, do you think he's able to come back from that? In that knee injury and still be, you know, the burner that he was before yes, he went down.
0: Because when he went down with that injury, he was still so young. So there's a difference between being 22 years old and having that kind of injury and being 27 or 28 with that wear and tear and having that kind of injury. Look at Jordy Nelson. Same thing happened to him, what, three years ago? He's never been the same, you know? He got a little bit older. He got a little bit slower. He never had that, you know, that breakout speed again. Will Fuller is still young enough to be able to overcome those health issues. I think, personally, you know, look, these guys put themselves through conditioning and, you know, in, in routines, stringent routines through a daily, daily basis. And when you do that to your body day in and day out, year after year, the the value of it kind of shortens itself you know what i'm saying like the 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 longevity or your shelf life becomes a little bit a bit, little bit shorter as far as you know the way you can hold yourself if you meaning that if, if you basically overdo it day in and day out you have more potential for risk okay you have more potential for injury You have to condition yourself. And yes, these guys do condition themselves, but some of them get it in their head that conditioning is not a part of working out. Working out is working out, getting stronger, getting faster, getting bigger. Conditioning is conditioning your body. I don't know what kind of routine he's on. I don't know what he's doing. But for me, he's young enough that if he does condition himself, he still has that speed. He still has that strength that he had two years ago. So, if he gets back to healthy, I think Will Fuller is a great asset to anybody's team. You know, he's always going to play behind DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins is, without a doubt, a top. uh, This year, I'm calling it DeAndre Hopkins is going to be the best receiver in the league. I think Julio Jones doesn't catch the amount of yards he caught last year, which he caught, what, almost 1,600. But Hopkins caught 1,500 and some change with more touchdowns. Houston's in it To win it baby They really are
1: The moves that they made At the The 11th hour here showing up Their Their line And uh, Going to get Carlos Hyde What do you think about that Do you think Carlos Hyde Is going to be Like the the First and second Down banger
0: No 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 I think Carlos Hyde Is more uh, More or less There as A um, Just just as a guy Who's a football guy Okay He's a football guy. He's been around for a long time. He's bounced around from team to team. He's been able to put out, you know, his output out definitely outweighs his age. And, you know, it, basically this guy's been around for a minute. He knows the game. He's always been able to usually um, stay healthy or do, you know, pretty well. I guess the point is Duke Johnson is going to have to show if he's going to be the guy this year in Texas you know in in Houston excuse me and i think there's great potential because Deshaun Watson i for me is more of a running back than any running backs that actually Texans possess right now which actually bodes well for him at the quarterback position and the receivers in Hopkins and Fuller because now he can spread open the field himself by being able to be that quarterback who can scramble the way he does and having Duke Johnson where he can swing it out and you know it, and just be able to you know get these little five and six yard pickups whenever they need it. So um, So let me give Carlos you Carlos Hyde my I think take. is a security blanket. I,
1: I I do think that they're gonna give him first and second down and they're gonna use Duke on third down my only, really, I, I really do. I mean, like, who who was before Hyde? They had Lamar Miller, right? Lamar Miller. He was equally yeah. a plotter, like in his late stage of his career, and they <sighs> they rolled him out there anyway. You know, I, I think they're going to use Carlos Hyde to set up the the play action pass, and that's it. I don't even think they're going to give him goal line. They don't really run the running back into the goal line anyway. They usually no. usually pass it when they're down there. And so, yeah. I, I mean, so regardless, I do think that Hyde is going to get the early downs, but I don't think he's going to be a good fantasy asset. Like, I think you might be able to use him as a flex when the matchup is, like, obviously going to be a blowout, right? And you just, you just know that Houston is going to go in there and trample their opponent, which is going to happen a few times this year because their team looks lit, I mean... I think so. I I think they're going to have a great year. Um, But, uh, you know, so I rostered Hyde, like picked him up, like last pick of the draft in a couple places because of the trade and because there's just, there's no one there. And Duke has never had the three down back role. And I think, you know, the NFL is kind of a copycat league and they're kind of like, you know, coaches are kind of set in their ways. And um, I, don't, I don't think that team is going to see him or use him as a three-down back. As much as I think they should give him a shot because he's a very talented running back, I just don't think it's going to happen.
0: He is, but I, to be honest with you, I always kind of thought that maybe he was going to start it this way and Houston was going to find somebody else, not Carlos Hyde. In my opinion. In my opinion. Wouldn't it be you great know, if they Hyde. picked up
1: Melvin Gordon? <laughs>
0: Oh man, I wouldn't even know what to do then, to be honest <laughs> with you, because if you have Melvin Gordon and Duke Johnson, it,
1: I, 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 it would make I don't know Duke kind of irrelevant. But like having Melvin oh, Gordon like on that team would break the internet, wouldn't it? If they if they somehow like just gave up, oh, like my,
0: my my brother would, my brother would explode as we <laughs> speak. My brother's a huge Texans fan, of course, but yeah, I I don't I don't. I don't know, man. Like, it's not going
1: to happen. I, I don't think Melvin well, Gordon hey, plays this year. hey, you never know.
0: Don't, don't say it's not because, they, you know, Melvin Gordon is looking for another team. He really is. Houston's still looking for another running back, to but be honest with you. Gordon's really expensive. They'll drop expensive. Carlos Hyde. I mean, L- L.A., they're looking Houston, for. Houston has the money. Houston has the money to blow. They just gave up Jadavion Clowney and got, well, of course, they got Laramie Tunzel in return, which was a great first-round draft pick. And actually, I believe Tunsil was a guy that he was either the Titans or the Texans wanted a couple of years ago. He's a great pick, or a, a, a great return, but um, cost a lot less money. So well, they gave a I lot. Of,
1: they gave a lot of picks up in that trade
0: too. Well, they gave a lot of picks up. Yeah.
1: And so what I'm saying, like, I don't think they have a lot of draft capital left to to give. And LA is looking no, for a first rounder. And well, they would have to give up money and picks to get Gordon. Is what I'm trying to say. Like because LA is oh. LA is trying to trade for picks, and <clears throat> right, and Houston just doesn't have any more to give. Right? They they blew that load. Um yeah. I, I don't know. I think I think Gordon stays on the street until week ten and comes back and um, gets traded next year or
0: or just moves on and then gets his finally gets his money because what does he have until? Uh, I don't know. I can't remember exactly what I read. He has until week ten before. Yeah, ten. Uh, yeah,
1: it's same okay. as Lev Bell last year. You know what I mean? Right. So we we were talking about Carlos Hyde and he left the Chiefs, but then the Chiefs added another running back, Shady McCoy, and that blew up. I'm confused. The entire <clears throat> running back situation. For oh, Kansas yeah.
0: City, you got the two D Williams guys, Damian being the you know the 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 foremost one that everybody drafted. Then you got the rookie and Darwin Thompson. So now you add Shady McCoy, which was one of uh, Andy Reid's favorite toys back in the day. Yep, you kind of have to go. All right, so. And what is McCoy now, 32,
1: three. He's an old man. I think he's even older than that. I, I well, think as like far, as, far as a running
0: back is concerned, yeah, he's he's old. And I, I don't know, man. And so it really kind of tells me that they don't have as much faith in Damian Williams as what they had. And, look, what he did in the postseason last year, and actually the last couple of games of the regular season before Kareem Hunt, why would you not give this guy a chance, you know? Or are they just going ahead, patting themselves in the back, you know what I mean, like backing themselves up just in case of future failure? Because Daryl Williams isn't going to be the guy to replace him, and Darwin Thompson is definitely not the Kareem Hunt, the explosive rookie that we saw a couple of years ago. He's Who else raw. are you going to get? Right, uh, Exactly. Yeah. He's very raw. So I guess you have to go after someone like Shady, who knows Andy Reid's offense, who knows his, you know, job, and it's just going to have to sit there and and you know split timeshare yeah, is I, eventually what I'm going to see. So I actually stayed away from every Kansas City position player. Yeah, in that, or, and that or backfield, running yeah. back. Yeah. I
1: I agree with you. Like I I think they're afraid. Damian Williams isn't going to be able to stay healthy. He had a hamstring issue like during preseason he's never carried the load i think the most touches he's ever had in one season has been like 60 carries it's like an absurdly small number right because he's never had that opportunity and i think i think everyone's just afraid he's not going to be able to uh stay healthy and so they went and they got mccoy and they paid mccoy like four million dollars for one year like, yeah. so, uh, you know, they're not going to pay someone that much money and not use them. I, I think he's going to be integrated into the team, and that's unfortunate because Williams looked good in the preseason, man.
0: You know, it, and that's the bad thing is, like, it, he actually looked good. He did well for them. He, he's been pretty much a journeyman. Like, you know, he's played for Miami, he's played for, you, you know, he, he's – He's not new to the game, okay? Um, he's, he's younger than McCoy, but he actually played his part last year, and I think they at least need to give him a little bit longer leash. And I think that's what Andy Reid is scared of is that, hey, we, he's not Kareem Hunt. If he gets hurt or whatever, I at least have somebody who could fulfill his shoes. Whereas when they lost Hunt... It would just happen to be Damian Williams that stepped up to the plate. Yeah. You know? They got lucky. And they didn't have anybody else behind that. Right. Who could step up to the plate the way he did. So, now, if he doesn't step up to the plate, who else are you going to call on? Yeah. yeah, Shady.
1: Yeah, I guess so, right? Um, All right, so let's let's talk about some... um, some deeper players, some players like uh, you know, Miles Sanders or Singletary or these, you know, these deeper rookie running backs. Uh what's let's start with um let's start with Miles Sanders. You got an opinion on the Phillies rookie running back?
0: Man, I'm gonna tell you right now, besides Zach Ertz, I do not own a single Philadelphia player.
1: It's so muddy, I isn't have, it?
0: It's they have way too much they're too fully loaded that I think it kind of dilutes what they're trying to do. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't if you can't find your identity at the very beginning. I understand about hoarding talent. I understand because football, you have this much of a window versus baseball and hockey and basketball. You can make things up in weeks in, you know, oh, the last month and a half of the year. Well, the last month and a half of the season, if you're if you're five and nine. Or if you're five and eight, um, you're pretty much out of it. Yeah. Good night. Done. You know. So it, it, there's a difference between starting zero and three, in one and two, and two and one, or you know, it, or one and four, or one, you know, just so. Philly. They have Zacherts. They have one possibly. The number one, number two, it depends on who you talk to, okay? Zach Ertz is definitely a top two tight end, hands down, no questions asked. Their receiving core is very blah at best, especially when you're looking at Alshon if, as their number one, but at the same time, he was so off and on, off and on last year. He He only caught, what, 800 yards? He's hurt quite often. He's not reliable. Nelson Algalore, the number two, who was drafted a few years ago or drafted a couple years ago, was also drafted to be. Hey, maybe he's the next guy who take that step up, who really hasn't taken that step up. So, their next position has to be running back. Well, they've got Miles Sanders, um, Jordan Howard. They, they've yeah they they traded or or what they signed on Jordan Howard in the off season. Who Wendell Smallwood. Obviously, they. Chicago didn't like, not that Chicago didn't like, but... It didn't fit the system. It didn't fit the system, and you know what? The word out of Philly is, yeah, they signed on Jordan Howard, but they drafted this rookie that they think is going to take over the job halfway through the season anyways. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know what to trust there. When these things are come into question... They're a shot in the dark. Yeah. They're totally a shot in the dark.
1: There there are some people who are very high on him because he has the talent to be a three-down back. But Jordan Howard is a good running back. Like, I don't care what anyone says. On first and second down, that mother runs hard, and he bruises, you know, the the defense. Like, he's a good running back. And um, it's going to be very difficult to take that away from him. Sure, he can't catch the ball. That's fine. Yes, Miles Sanders can do that. But but Wendell Smallwood is a uh, pass catching specialist. Like so, so. I thought so as well. So how are they going to divvy that up? And and look, they they even kept I, um, God, uh, the the most ancient running back in the league right now. Oh, uh, Darren Sproles. They even kept Sproles. Yes. Right? Darren Sproles. Uh, I mean, come on. So it's like, uh, you know. And, and I'm sure Corey Clement is still there, which is like I'm just another running back, you know. So it's just, I agree with you. It's too crowded of a backfield. I do own I've him. I stayed away from him all here and there, right? Just because he fell so late, and I missed out on all the other rookie opportunities to try to like get a rookie lottery ticket. But um, yeah, I, I'm not expecting anything out of him for the first half. How many of the leagues season. are you in? uh f- five i think five, four. Four or five
0: I, I i have my fifth draft tomorrow morning and that's it for me but um if we want to talk about another running back situation a guy where jordan harry came from chicago what's going on with chicago mike davis tariq cohen and uh david montgomery you tell me
1: I think you it, tell me it's I a same situation. I think it's a David Montgomery show there.
0: It, it will be. And honestly, I agree with you on that. But right now, if you're looking to win your season, you have to win your games up front as well. So are you putting your draft capital into any of these guys
1: for Montgomery, early on? For Montgomery, I I would feel okay taking him like in the fifth round.
0: Fifth yeah. round?
1: Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I I never did because I didn't have I to. I still
0: like Mike Davis. I just like his experience. I like his pass catching ability and the fact that he's a big guy who can actually move. And you know what? If Montgomery can't hack it,
1: they got Mike Davis. There's like, like a Mike da- there's like a running not joke, but like a like a, a running kind of jest on the internet right now amongst fantasy professionals that Mike Davis is going to get the first carry, like, no matter what. They're just going to give him the ball, and it's going to make people freak out, you know, because everyone put all this draft <laughs> capital, like, in, you know, in, in, this, in the new rookie. But then they're just going to give Mike Davis, like, the first series, and people are going to crap their pants. You know, because coaches do that. You know, they, they respect the veteran experience and presence. Mike Davis isn't a bad running back. He's not the future of that team, though. You know what I no, mean?
0: definitely not but i mean he's he he's a little bit older i think he's one of those guys that actually grew into football football didn't grow into him meaning that he needed a little bit more time to be able to come out and expose his athletic ability or um, you know to get out there i don't know i mean look he's an nfl player He's not a prime player. He's not a you know. He's not uh, an Alvin Kamara. He's not an Adrian Peterson from back in the day. He's not anything like that. But I think he actually has the potential at his middle age of his career to actually do something this year in a backfield that is undefined. You got a rookie. You got a, a um, you know, what, <laughs> Tariq Cohen. I guess what three years, four years now. So he's a veteran of the group, but if he actually stays healthy and, you know... Well, Tariq's know. A,
1: a one-trick pony. I mean, like, we've, we've, come, oh, yeah, we've no. come to find that out. Like, he's not going to be the main event in Philly. Um, right. And I, and I think they're trying to find someone who can at least, you know, do one and two and goal line. And, and maybe it is Davis at the beginning of the year. I, I don't know. Uh, but my money is that by the end of the year, it's going to be Miles Sanders
0: montgomery
1: i'm sorry montgomery miles sanders is yeah. in philly yeah david montgomery well,
0: but but still either one miles sanders and montgomery they're the guys that you want to own right by season I, in. yeah and if you're in a keeper league those are the guys that you definitely want to own
1: and come playoffs i think there'll be guys that you'll want on your team um yeah. you know look can we all right so i want to talk about teams that are going to be bad but still have fantasy players that have relevance, and we don't have don't to
0: tell me you want to talk about the Titans.
1: No, no, because I don't think I don't think there's any player on the Titans that I would. Derrick Henry, <laughs> okay. Derrick Henry, they're yeah. gonna have to run the ball. That's about it. Derrick Henry's a beast, um, you know. But
0: well, that's that's actually that hasn't been proven yet. Yes, he had a great end of the last what five or six games of the season. Yeah, record. When they record. finally yeah. gave him the rock, but. If they can't throw the ball, I stayed away from him, man. He was another guy I stayed away. Oh God, as much as I love the Titans, I had I don't have a I have Delaney Walker in one league. <laughs> Even though Delaney Walker said last year he was gonna retire after the season, when he got when he went down in in week one, I knew that he was coming right back. And guess what? He's going to give it another go,
1: and he's playing with a chip on his shoulder, man. He's
0: oh, he is. No, that's that's the whole point, and I actually kind of like him as a top five tight end this year because of that. He he's got a lot to prove, you know. He, he's got a lot going on right now, and the Titans they don't have much else around them.
1: Now, all right. So we're talking about tight ends. So let's talk about. I don't want to talk about the top tier guys. If you if you no. missed on the top tier guys, who are some tight ends that you are watching or you rostered and are hoping are going to be able to do it for your team this year?
0: Okay, so the first one I want to talk about, who I didn't and I'm kind of ticked off I didn't get him, Austin Hooper. And here's why. He's in his third season now, okay? He actually had a decent year last year um, of course it is, you can't compare him to Kelsey or Archer Kittle um, he had a, he's the kind of player who's growing into that offense who's Matt Ryan is trusting a little bit more and now that they have a second wide receiver who is the bomb that's just going to spread that field open even more you know when you have a tight end who could drop down you know 18 yards Versus their slot receiver and Calvin Ridley, who are you going to throw to? You're going to throw to either one of them a lot, and they have that much talent between them both. I think Austin Hooper really takes a huge step forward. Um, he's definitely going to be a top ten tight end. Look, that's not saying much. Granted, the class of tight ends that we have, we're missing out on. You know, uh, Hunter Henry from last year. He's back this year. Um, you know, we we have basically the three that we've been talking about: Kittle, Ertz, and um, uh, what's his face, Kelsey. So after that, the next level of tight ends, for me, I look at Austin Hooper as being that guy who could take that next step forward, that next big leap forward. Look, they have the offense. They absolutely have the offense. They have the quarterback, they have the top two receivers. They got they honestly, Julio Jones and Calvin really is probably one of the best one-two receiver combinations in the league. There is so much talent right there. There are so many passes being caught that once you have that and you can establish a tight end, Austin Hooper has more to gain than anybody else at his position. And for me, I own him, I think, only in one league. I wish I got him in a couple of more, but I didn't need identical rosters. You know, I was trying to do something different in every one. Um, But Austin Hooper is definitely a guy that I look forward to having a, a really good year this year or taking that leap forward from the tight end two conversation to a tight end one and even into a top six or eight tight end one, period. And if you get a top six tight end one or a tight end one that's a you know, a top six player, then you fulfilled a position that's been coming into question. You know, once you get that four or five and six, you know, it, it's a luck of the draw. And I don't know, for me, Austin Hooper was the guy that uh Yeah.
1: Yeah, I've been kinda of waiting for him to take that next step for a couple years now. You know what I mean? Like I'm a huge right. fan of of Hooper. Like he had one I think it was like a 60 or 70 yard touchdown. I just remember him just burying a player with a stiff arm like along the sideline and it was so fun to watch. Like he just he's got the ability, the physical ability to end someone, you know, on the field right. and and just and take it to the house cuz he's he's not slow, right? So he's an athlete. He's got a good quarterback throwing to him. Um, but I, I've just been disappointed by him, like, you know, over the last couple years. And so I couldn't pull the trigger on him. Um, I really, I really wanted to, and, and I I hope he, he turns that corner this year, um, because he deserves success, but I, I couldn't do it. And I, I found myself just waiting longer and longer and longer. And, um, you know, by the time I was ready to look at the tight end position, there was like, you know, people like the Raiders tight end or Bal- yeah. Baltimore's tight end, you know, like
0: Mark Andrews.
1: What do you think about Mark Andrews? He had an okay, um, you know, first. Well, let year. me ask
0: you something. Who's the Ravens' number one wide receiver?
1: Right? It might be. <laughs> it might be their tight end i mean
0: honestly i mean look they have lamar jackson at running or uh at quarterback (laughs) running back say running back (laughs) um he's their quarterback right now okay their running back situation that's another running back situation yeah that's away from what are you gonna do they brought on mark ingram right mark ingram is a bruiser yeah okay they have gus edwards who's basically been a no-talk uh, in the whole preseason. Nobody said a damn thing about him. Nobody's drafted him anywhere. And then they got this rookie, Justice Hill. So for me, that was a messy situation that I just stayed away from. I'm like, I'm not going to try and play smart guy and and try and I'll go, oh, let's hope one of these guys pans out. No, I'm, I'm done with that. I'm done with that crap. I'm staying away from it. The only guy that you can actually depend on this season of Baltimore's offense will be a guy at the tight end position, Mark Andrews. I don't even know who the receivers are. I seriously don't. I ask you because I really don't remember anybody being drafted from Baltimore. Uh oh, I really don't. And I'm not even going to try and look at the depth charts right now. I'm going to let all the viewers or all the listeners, you know, <laughs> just like bitch at me about it. All right, fine. So <laughs> what? I don't know everything about football. I don't give a shit. I don't claim that I do. The point is, they don't have anybody to throw to except one guy. That is their tight end.
1: Period. So That's it. You know, they when Mark was drafted, they drafted two tight ends that year. They drafted <coughs> um God, what was his name? Hayden Hurst.
0: Oh, Hayden Hurst, yes. And Hayden Hurst was drafted before Andrews.
1: But Hurst wrecked himself and is coming yeah. back from a very serious injury. He put on a lot of weight in the off season apparently, like he added another thirty pounds. He's he was already a big dude. And um I don't know how well that's going to play out for his ability to create separation. I think perhaps he might be viewing himself more as a blocking tight end than anything else, Um, and that's the only reason why I can like imagine justifying adding thirty pounds in the off season. I mean, that's he was uh, that's a lot of weight. He was already a huge dude. A lot of weight. So I mean, like to me, I think that because I mean, Andrews doesn't block. He's not a blocking tight end. He's a pass catching tight end. I think you're right. I think he's I think he's going to be one of the main targets and I, I actually like their quarterback to take a big step forward this year. And I, I think really? I think he's gonna be a lot much better than last year. I know. I know. I, I only have him in one league and it's a league that is
0: Completely stayed away
1: from him. That, that's free, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Well, that's different. I what just, is free? Hey, I playing for bragging know, rights. You got to try you know? and see what works out. But uh, I went for it because in the preseason, um, he didn't look as bad and as terrible as he did last year. And so, if he can take, if he can be at least decent in the passing game with those gaudy running numbers that he puts up, I mean, he could be a league winner. You know, like Cam Newton every year is top five quarterback and he's not very accurate. Now, I I don't know if he can hit that ceiling. Cam Newton is a a heck of a football player. Um, But Jackson has, I believe, the raw skill, the raw talent to to make to surprise people. I mean, it was
0: he's got legs.
1: It was him or Josh Allen. And I would take. I would... Look,
0: I'm going to tell you right now. I'll take Josh Allen hands really? down before Lamar Jackson. Yes. Why is that? Yes. That. that no. Why? Because look, Josh Allen last year in, in how many games did he start? Still led the it, uh, led the quarterbacks in rushing. Okay. He's got a better arm. He's also one season deeper into a league, or, or uh, he, he has more starts than Lamar Jackson. And I think he's got a better setup around him than what Lamar Jackson has. Hmm. I like the fact that they brought on John Brown.
1: Yeah, they got Smokey on the team.
0: Yeah. I mean, hey, he came from Baltimore. And now Josh Allen has somebody he can throw too deep. So I I actually i am a little upset that I didn't get John Brown in any league. He's still on a lot of waivers. I can still get him later. However... It's a wait-and-see. We're still talking about Buffalo's offense. (laughs) They've been (laughs) – we're talking about Baltimore's offense. These are two of the most inept offenses that we've seen in a long time, (laughs) and we're talking about a continuing ineptness of Buffalo's offense. I don't even remember the last time I even wanted anybody on Buffalo's offense. I couldn't even tell – man, I'm talking about – even even before Shady McCoy, you know, and, and still even when he was with them. The last couple of years know, has mean, not been good Sammy for him. I mean, Watkins or, yeah. had one year. I yeah. mean, Stephen Watkins had a rookie year that was pretty decent. But other than that, I mean, I don't know. Anyways, let's move on to wide receivers real quick. Okay. I want to pick out a couple of them. I want you to tell me or what your thoughts, or I can begin. Albert Wilson, moving from the Bears to the Dolphins. <laughs> After Stills leaves, Devontae Parker has been the other guy who has not really produced, but now Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's a quarterback of the Dolphins, has a slot receiver to throw to, which he likes to lean on, because he doesn't really have – well, he's got a tight end. So, okay, that's another one. That's another tight end. Mike Gasecki. Okay, yeah, dark horse. Second year, dark horse tight end. Another potential receiver – or, excuse me, tight end – who could have top 12 potential. I don't think, you know, he's definitely not going to be, boom, you know, he's not going to be burning down the, you know, the farm right now, but he's definitely has potential for future. I think this year with the, at least a, a, comped, a competent quarterback, and Ryan Fitzpatrick is a competent quarterback, guys like Albert Wilson, I think it's somebody you have to own right now. Stash him, wait for him to get a, a rapport, and then start him. He's going to be a PPR monster from the slot coming from Miami. They don't have anything else. I don't trust Kenyan Drake. I don't trust Ballage. Who else do you have? Miami's going to be playing from behind in most of their games. They're so going to have to throw the ball. I mean, Devontae Parker can't stay healthy.
1: Wilson's got some wheels.
0: He does. He was drafted what, first round by the Bears a few years ago. Was it few or when was it? Anyways, he uh he's got wheels. He's a guy that I really kind of upset that I missed him on a couple of my leagues.
1: You know, I I I didn't have any background on Wilson and I feel like I really missed out. Because his name has come up now several times in my research. And I'm like, damn, like, you know, because people, including myself, are just leaving Miami for dead, right? Oh, well, yeah, I am too. I'm
0: just saying that the reason why I think he, because he has the most potential, he is the guy that I believe can actually come out. Of this mess of a Dolph- dolphin situation, I don't think Kenny Drake's going to end the year as their back or as the as a the, uh, their running back one. He hasn't looked good. Ballage hasn't looked good. Their rookie t- or their second year tight end. Um, he was hurt last year as well, I believe. So he's coming off. You know, I don't know. I mean, it's a new quarterback. However he's going to have to find somebody to throw to. And my point is, is that they're going to be coming from behind a lot, meaning they're going to have to find somebody to throw to. Yeah. Which and is why I like his, I like the potential of, of, of Wilson. I don't know. We'll see.
1: I, I like that. I like that pick. um, And I, I like him better than their tight end. I mean, although, you know, Gasecki flashed in the preseason Fitz magic really doesn't have a history of throwing to his tight ends. Like you said, he leans on the slot receivers and then he goes deep right to, to his, uh, his ex. And so like, I, although I don't know, like, I think if you did what I did and you punted the tight end position completely, Gusecki is somebody that you should roster, right? You know, (coughs) I mean, what...
0: no, I I agree. I mean, because there's only nothing but upside there. You got them basically for free, and if anything is going to happen, it's only positive.
1: So let me ask you some either or questions. Would you rather have Mike Issey or Jack Doyle?
0: Just for the standpoint of argument, right now, Jack Doyle. Really? Only because he's a veteran. He has. He has a quarterback in Brissette that I believe they have a little bit. Look, they played together longer than Giskeki, Gis, Giskeki and uh, Fitzpatrick have. Yeah. So there's at least some knowledge of there. They're they're in the same you know they're they're in the same game room. They're in the same you know they they're on the same page. Okay. Jack Doyle has more upside to me right now than. Jasecki, but Jasecki, I believe, is a better long term hold. Hmm. Um so the, what I mean is so to start the season, I'd rather have Doyle to finish. I had to see
1: I have how, to see what's going on in Miami. How, how, right, because it's a little everything's kind of unknown know, right now. Like
0: Right. It, it's an unknown it's an unknown entity that we can't really at least with Jack Doyle, we know what we're gonna get, even with Eric Ebron there. And I think Eric Ebron even digresses a whole lot. He look. He caught what thirteen touchdowns last year, and how many games? Yeah, he,
1: he was sick. He was all touchdowns. It,
0: yeah, I mean, he was all touchdowns, and that's it. Eric Ebron also cannot stay healthy. So for me, it gives more upside to Jack Doyle. But I, I don't know. I I really have to see what's going on in Miami. For me, I mean, I think it was. Like week tour, like that Jaceki guy. He, I don't know.
1: So another tight end that's kind of a question mark for me, and I'm curious to your take. The Detroit Lions drafted very Boom! high. Well, I hope you were going to talk about him, T.J. Hawkinson, right? Like, and he looked good yes. in the preseason, but he's a rookie, and there's technically another okay, tight end well, sharing that space. Guess
0: what? Well, you know what? It's the thing though. It is Who else are you going to throw the ball to in Detroit besides Galladay? Marvin Jones isn't Marvin Jones anymore. Marvin Jones had a couple of great games when he got to Detroit and really hasn't done much, okay? He is a wide receiver, four or five at best, in my honest opinion. Never drafted him. I've never owned him in any teams. I don't want a part of it. I like the fact that they went out and got a rookie tight end to establish a to establish the dominance of the offense that they're trying to run. They are a power-back uh, uh, power offense, okay? Meaning they have their workhorse. They have carry on Johnson, all right? The only problem is we don't know if actually they're going to stick with it or not and go with, uh, I don't even know who the backups are there anymore, to be honest with you. They got rid of Abdullah, and they got rid of Theo Riddick.
1: It's it's just carry on Johnson right now.
0: Pretty much, exactly. So It's like CJ Anderson, I think. Yes, I think you're right. So they pretty much have a running back who's a three down back, a tight end who can block any pass catch, and then they have their speedy wide receiver. That's their one, two, three offense. It's not like having two wide receivers and a running back or having two wide receivers and a tight end. They actually have one, one, and one. I don't know another wide receiver, like I said, besides Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay. Galladay is a guy that, you know, and, and Galladay is also just now coming into his sophomore season. So it's not like, you know, he's going to be that dependable. And apparently from everything I've read, Hawkinson and Stafford have built a fucking rapport that you just can't really deny. The guy is looking his way. He's like, hey, get open, you, you know, you big lug. He's fast. He's big. He's, he's powerful. He's a monster. He is a guy I actually went after in a couple of my leagues at the end, just because. And I was like, ah, I gotta get him. I gotta get him. I gotta get him. I mean, I he's, waited.
1: He's got Gronkowski measurables. You know what I mean? Like, I think so. He's that. He's that big and strong and fast. But it's a rookie tight end.
0: But but that's the thing, though. It doesn't necessarily just because we haven't seen like great. Uh, outputs for tight ends in the rookie season. We actually have in the last couple of years, think about what Evan Ingram did two years ago. He came onto the scene, and came onto the scene when Beckham was still, of course Beckham started that season hurt, and Shepard was there. He was still a reliable source of offense. I think he is still a reliable source of offense this year. He's definitely a guy that, I want to own, in every keeper league that I have, and I've only got two, I want to own him in those keeper leagues because the tight ends are such a high commodity right now that, you know, you can get him for cheap on the cheap cheap right now. Keep this son of a bitch for a few years. Let him mold into it. Next thing you know, you're sitting high and mighty on the damn of the top of the throne. (laughs) Yeah,
1: so, you're right. I mean, the,
0: I don't know. I, t- I'm glad you brought him up, man, because I was going to next. I'm so happy you did because that guy to me is the epitome of a tight end. He's big. He's not overly fast, but he's got quickness. He's assertive. He's got skills that you know he he can stiff arm the hell out of somebody too. <laughs> he's a big
1: old country white boy from Iowa State, son. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, back to wide receivers. <laughs> Who, who are you excited about? That, you know, maybe it's like a middle or around wide receiver that you picked up.
0: Deedee Dee Westbrook, I'm going back to the Jaguars, and honestly, as soon as you said that, I already knew I was going. I have him on every single one of my teams, and here's why: Blake Bortles sucks. Okay, <laughs> Blake Bortles is gone. Okay. <laughs> Blake Mortals was also throwing injury for the last couple of years. I'm not trying to, you know, baby him and, and be on his side or whatnot. However, the point is, they brought on Nick Foles, all right? And to be honest with you, I don't know if Nick Foles could put out 16 games. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he, if he can produce the way he did... The few games he was brought on in Philadelphia to do, including winning playoff games and eventually a Super Bowl. But, word around the campfire is this. Foles, Westbrook, have really been hooking up. Westbrook, from what his new offensive coordinator is saying, is one of the best route runners he's ever seen. And if Foles can just put it there for him, lay it out there for him, we're talking about a guy... Who was going in sixth and seventh rounds? I was reaching for every every single one of my Yahoo drafts. Oh, you reach for a guy that should have been drafted in the seventh or eighth round? I don't give a shit. If I get a guy in the fifth round that maybe should have been drafted or seventh or eighth that but but puts up fourth and third round numbers, I win. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's how I feel about that. And I think Dee Westbrook with the If Fournette, that's that's the whole thing about the Jaguars, man. The Jaguars are going to be one of the most interesting teams this year if they stay healthy. If Fournette stays healthy, if Foles can sit there and produce at the quarterback, and you think about it, a couple years ago, they had a couple of uh, uh, thousand-yard wide receivers, Marquise Lee and um, the other one before Westbrook. But they have that potential. Again, they still have Marquise Lee. Westbrook is up and coming. Fournette is in his third year. If he stays healthy, Jaguars are going to be. Look, they already have the defense. Okay, they fell apart on themselves last year. They were one of the biggest disappointments going or after last season, period. The end. No hands. You know, no, no, no uh, bars about it. They were the biggest disappointment or one of the biggest disappointments. They were picked to win the division. They were picked to go into the playoffs. They just fell apart. They fell apart because they didn't believe in their quarterback. And I think this year they believe in their quarterback. They, like I said, they signed Nick Foles. I'm a little skeptical because Nick Foles is still Nick Foles. He's won a Super Bowl, but can he win regular season games? You know what I'm saying? There are just yeah. some of those guys that are just kind of play just because. I think he's <laughs> – what I mean is I don't know if some he realizes the – uh severity or like the like the seriousness of some of the games nick Foles is uh not a genius so to speak okay um and that's just coming from a buddy of mine that i that i know that went to college with him and what i mean is he's a football guy but get him off the field he's not much of a conversationalist <laughs> and so that kind of worries that. me yeah that kind of worries me in the sense that um is he just a big dumb jock that just got lucky and oh he throw ball he catch ball we win ooh, or is he going to be a football player and lead a team to the playoffs so that that's what you know. You have to kind of look at everybody's kind of throwing their, I don't know. It, regardless, we'll see. it's I think, a wait and see.
1: Regardless, I think DD is going to be a solid wide receiver too, if not better, <sighs> all year round, straight out of the gate. Um, one of the guys that I was targeting, and I'm really kind of disappointed that I did, is Robbie Anderson, because he can't stay healthy. He's got like I a- see. I agree. He's got a calf strain. I don't think he's gonna play week one. Like nope. if he does, he's not gonna be hundred percent. But I mean, there's so much talent in that player and he's really the only one on that offense. So I think at least at least oh, receiving the ball.
0: Hold on. Well I was gonna say hold on now.
1: I mean let's Lev, talk real
0: quick, about what, what, a Lev Bell. Of, no. Let's talk about Chris Herndon.
1: Well he's suspended he for last the first few four games, weeks.
0: Well, I know that, but well, I thought you were talking about for seasons long. Chris Herndon is, I, I think, could also be another great tight end. But also, think about this Ty Montgomery. I know he's lined up as a running back, but initially, he was a wide receiver in Green Bay. This guy has pass catching skills. Could they fully transfer him over? I don't know. Right now, he's he's slotted as a running back behind Le'Veon. Could he become one of these sneaky, they line up with two running backs every time and they're either going to run the ball or they're going to throw it? You know, it in he could become their best, or their second best pass catching option. Ty Montgomery was another guy I wanted to talk about. Because I know... He's got a lot of talent. He's not a bruiser. He's not a big guy, but he's got speed.
1: And he's going to see the field a lot. The coaches have been exactly. talking about up a ton.
0: Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, for the Jets, for me, Ty Montgomery is one of those guys I was borderline on. But then the more I read about him, I've been trying to go in on my waivers to get him <laughs> if he was still there.
1: Yeah, um, I think he will be in a lot of leagues um, because, you know, he's just overshadowed by Lev Bell being there, who is masterful at catching the ball. It's difficult to see him having a role, but, you know, they might just put them both on the field at the same time, like you said. You know, it's really difficult to kind of imagine what the Jets are going to look like this year after acquiring Lev Bell. Like, it's going to be interesting to watch week one, what they do. Um, I really hope Robbie's out there, but I'm definitely not starting in Week One. But I I hope he can get his health in order, because if he's healthy, I think he's going to be a wide receiver too, every week. Like it's just you know he's going to get targeted early and often, and he's got the ability to break break a big play.
0: Well, they play the Bills Week One, so <sighs> we'll,
1: well the, see. The Bills, I, mean, I, I think they had a pretty good I secondary think... last year, didn't they?
0: No, they did actually, and that, that's the thing. Is I think you're right. I mean, there's no way you should start him this week. So, um, what do you do with yeah. Josh
1: Gordon? Do you start him week one?
0: That has a potential blowout. I say yes. I yeah. think he's an easy flex fill in, especially in PPR. Would
1: you they, start? You have to. Would you start him over Will Fuller? I th- yeah. Hmm. Do you view right him? Now. Do you view him as the one B on that team? Oh, yeah. So it's like Edelman and then Flash. And do you think Flash... Without,
0: without a doubt, Flash could be their number one. You think Flash weeks.
1: can... Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of my feeling If he stays out of too. trouble...
0: If he stays out of trouble... And he rises to his potential. What we saw, how many years has it been Dude, now? That was I mean, like four or what, five years like ago. Four, It was like four, was four so years ago, ago, five years ago. It was his rookie I mean, the year. guy's been around. Yeah, it was his rookie season that he just exploded onto the scene. Everybody's like, Flesh. Oh, he can save every one of us. And he failed every damn drug test that came across his way. (laughs) And all of a sudden, Belichick gives him an opportunity, and he actually didn't do terrible last year in in New England. He caught 700 yards and 50-something catches. Wasn't terrible. Now he's a year wiser. Now he's in an offense that he knows a little bit better. Now he's got a quarterback that's actually going to lean on him and a quarterback, then I'm sorry. If you don't respect Tom Brady as a player, you're fucking done.
1: Yeah, Tom's I'm bringing it sorry. every year.
0: Tom Brady's the kind of guy that you could go, you could look at him, or he could look at you as a player and go, look, you need to get with this program or you're out. That's it. That's it. That's all he needs to say. This is Josh Gordon's last chance. This is his last, you know, Hail Mary in the wind, so to speak. And if he can prove right by himself and by NFE rules and regulations, by staying clean and by, you know, coming to practice every day, not being a disturbance because he was doing that last year... um, This guy has a chance to bring back 1,500 yards and 10 touchdowns. Yeah. He's still fast. Right. He hasn't been hurt. Right. He's not hurt. He hasn't played because he's been hurt. He he hasn't played because he smoked dope. He's still in the same condition. He's still getting bigger. He's still got faster. Maybe he's not as fast as he was when he was 21, 22, but he's still fucking fast. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. that's, I, that's I really, an interesting
1: take. I, I I feel uncomfortable about him week one. I don't know why. Oh, I do it's, too. It's, uh, well, week one, I.
0: But see, that's the thing, though. I mean, if you're if you're in a PPR league and you we still don't know New England's offense. Okay,
1: they spread the ball so actually, much.
0: Well, if they do. That's the thing. Is like for me, I feel comfortable in a PPR league putting him in flex. Period period hands down he's going in but i don't own him so i can't do it I've, i've got him
1: in a couple leagues and and i keep going back and forth because because will fuller and josh gordon were my flyers i tried to pick them up like early middle rounds like right before like people generally were to take them and uh in a couple leagues, I have those same two players on my bench, and I'm just like, God, which one am I going to put in? And it's a tough decision. Yeah. Like, Will Fuller has that amazing history, right, of being just the 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 end zone maverick. What, the hurt?
0: Or, no, or, just like or, catching. Or being able to catch two touchdowns out of the sideline right, and like, run everybody out. He's
1: got like 11 touchdowns in 16 games. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you know, that's that's a serious st- statistic right there right not to shy away from but then you have the upside of gordon from four years ago right but that was four years ago right like yeah i don't know it's so decisions in fantasy are never easy week one is going to be really exciting we're going to learn a lot um we've we've already gone about an hour brian is there anything else you want to just kind of talk about before we start wrapping things up
0: No, I mean, you know, I mean, this was, you know, this, of course, was our first week. Next week, we're going to have definitely a defined format.
1: And we're going to be doing this every week, so looking forward to it. Y'all be good. Y'all be good.